Taylor's Tins, one of the best there is. A good friend of ours and supporter of National Fire Radio. He comes up first in a lineup of sponsors because he means that much to me. Taylor's been with us from day one. I hit him up on day one and said, brother, I love your shield. I love what it represents. I'd like to give them out to all of our podcast guests. And from day one, almost five years ago, we've been issuing Taylor's Tins to all of our guests as a keepsake and recognition for their willingness to share some time and their story with us in our community at National Fire Radio. These aluminum helmet fronts, they change the market. They're revolutionary in what they do. Even if you're a traditionalist with the leather shield, the aluminum shield offers so much when it comes to durability, cleanliness, decon. They can do it all with the aluminum shield. Their customer service, let's talk about that for a minute, where things usually take several weeks now to get your hands on them from the from conception to manufacturing process and out the door and onto your helmet. Taylor can turn around orders within 48 hours, whether it's a 500-piece shield order for your department or a one-off customized shield. Taylor's doing them, and he's doing them within 48 hours, and they're getting out the door. It's not just the helmet shields. Nope, there's more. They got locker tags, carbon monoxide meter, you know, data sheets. They have pump data sheets, pump tags, locker tags, street signs, banquet gifts. You name it, the list goes on and on. Check them out at taylorstins.com. That's where they conduct business. You can hit them up on the chat right there. They walk you through the process of designing your custom Taylor's Tin from the website. So go to taylorstins.com, check them out. They represent the very best of what the American Fire Service is all about, and I'm proud to have them as a sponsor of the National Fire Radio platform. And in the words of Taylor and his crew, stop burning up leather. Another great sponsor of the National Fire Radio podcast, Fire Department Coffee. Based out of Rockford, Illinois, Fire Department Coffee is a veteran-owned, firefighter-run coffee company dedicated to providing great-tasting, freshly roasted coffee to people everywhere. Along with providing a growing selection of incredible coffee, including signature spirit-infused roasts, Fire Department Coffee also supports our fellow first responders in need through the Fire Department Coffee Foundation by giving back to those who have been injured on the job, mentally or physically, or who are facing other serious health challenges. They are a company that supports our own. Check out Fire Department Coffee. They have so much to offer. Jason Patton and his crew are good friends of the National Fire Radio brand. We appreciate them for being a sponsor of our podcast. Check them out. Fire Department Coffee. They're brewing coffee to support us. Hey, everyone. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Back at it with my partner in crime, Robert Ridley. Hi, Rob. Jeremy, what's going on, man? Brother, what do you think of these audio podcasts that are being put out? It is fantastic. The amount of feedback that I've been hearing from people is uh, its just insane. So, And I love the consistency that we're, we're banging these out at. Yeah, well, I just think it's a great message. There's such good messages. You know, it's a little bit different than the, the studio type stuff that we do. You know, typically we capture the story of the senior man. And we tell a story and we capture their career with the highs and lows. We talk about who they are, their upbringing, right? All of that. And that's really the longer format, you know, podcast that we've been doing for years now from the studio, if you will, where we all sit down. It's audio, video. You know, we all put uh, makeup on and look good for the camera, right? Which is hard for most of us. But these are much more like deep dive, focus driven, pick a topic or two and go at it with guys across the board in this industry. It's just a lot of fun. And I think people are getting a good you know, good, uh, good message from what we've been talking about. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, there's been some people who've even come back from when we went went at it before, and uh, you know, have have uh, give us some feedback, and I'm blown away by it. Yeah, it's cool. I think I think there's a I think there's a need for it. I think there's a need to break down some of these topics that are happening in in uh, firehouses across the country. Whether career or volunteer, there's a lot of commonality between these departments, and we're all feeling the same type of struggles because, frankly, it just makes sense. I mean, it's this time in life and in, in, in the fire service where things have changed a little bit, and and we need to navigate that change. So, to bringing up that, what do we want to talk about today, Rob? You and I are going to tackle a topic. We're gonna we're gonna kind of just rant on it for a little bit. What do you want to talk about? Imposter syndrome. I like it. What do you mean by imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome, like, you know, in its technical definition is somebody who's, you know, essentially acting out of, out of title or they're, they're becoming something that they're not when they don't have the time and experience. Um, so, you know, I think of uh, Catch Me If You Can, that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio when he was faking it as the doctor and just saying, doctor, doctor, and everybody was agreeing with him. Um, but in the fire service, it, it's people coming into the job, whether it be volunteer or career, and butching up their experience almost to the point where they're selling themselves as a very experienced hand at this craft. But in reality, they have not put the time and effort into learning the craft. You know, I think you had it the other day with Jason Urban. He said, don't, don't learn the, t- uh, the tips and tricks of the trade, learn the trade. Yeah. And this imposter syndrome is, you know, for whatever reason it's happening, it's it's not learning the trade at all. Let me and, let me challenge you with this. Maybe yeah. it's not so much knowingly being an imposter. Maybe it's it's uh, maybe it's just the way things are today, where people want immediate gratification and they want to they want to be understood as a solid firefighter, not realizing that it takes time. Right? It's like it's like a fine wine. Right? Wine gets better over time. Right? You 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 mature the bottle. You turn the bottle quarter turns every year. Right? We we want to we want it to bloom. We want it to be better as time goes on. That's what the fire service is, and and that's how things get better, and that's how you get better as a firefighter is over time. But nobody wants or has the patience anymore. And so do you think that it's done intentionally or do you think that it's just something that happens today because everybody wants to be bigger and better than they are? I think they certainly in some aspects want to be bigger and better than they are. And that's just conditioning of society today. You know, when you talk about that instant gratification, they want that cookie. They want to be, you know, they want the trophy so to speak, to say like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm doing good or I'm doing well. And I think that's part of it. I think the other side of it too is that you have a younger group of firefighters that are coming in who are very afraid of being vulnerable to making mistakes and learning. And, you know, that fear is so much that they'll do different things to try to make themselves not be in such a vulnerable position. Vulnerability is... uh it's certainly a challenge, right? Especially in an alpha driven industry that this is right. I mean, we want strong opinionated people who will get the job done no matter what. Right. And then what happens is when you start to enter some vulnerability where people start asking questions or people start saying like, Hey, I don't know that. Right. That becomes then challenging, right? Because it takes somebody that is confident in their own being in their skills, in their position of where they are in their career. And also as a person, you have to have 
incredible confidence to show vulnerability. Yeah. And I think confidence is truly what is lacking a lot of times where we like to title confidence as something else, bullying or, or that guy's an asshole or, you know, there, there's this whole thing about confidence and conviction versus, you know, finding an excuse for it and so on. I like to think of myself as a confident individual. I like to believe that I have conviction in my beliefs because my beliefs are formed on my opinions that I have put time and thought into to be able to craft my own position in life. And so that gives me conviction, right? And that allows me and affords me confidence because I can carry myself that way because typically I don't speak out of church, meaning I stay in my lane. I talk about things that I know, things that I think about, things that I deal with daily, right? That's important. But when people start getting outside of their lane, that's where their confidence drops. It's very hard to talk about firefighting and going to uh, certain types of fires or, or to teach or train when you've never done it yourself. And so there's a lack of confidence, which then comes through. And I think that's when we start really getting in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I, I, I met somebody once who did a, uh, a class on truck work or they were, you know, doing, doing a, a class on ladder company operations and ventilation. And I looked at that pedigree and I, you know, there was a very limited amount of time that they had on the job, like maybe less than two or three years and in a small, small place. And I just kind of had to ask myself, where are they getting the confidence to be able to do this class or like, you know, even, even put it out there to promote it, that they're going to teach, teach people these skills when this is something that does not come one, it doesn't come naturally, I don't think. And two, you know, they're, they're ones that have to be honed over time. Yeah, for sure. And I, I also think like in the, in the teaching lane, right, there are certain disciplines that only happen in certain territories, meaning like if you want to do a man versus machine class or you want to do a, a trench rescue or you want to do a swift water, that needs to be given by people that had, have had the opportunity to have those experiences because of where they run or, or their territory, their district, right, and their position within that department. There's a lot of people that think they can teach and, and, and train others when in fact they don't have that street credit to be able to do that. So instructing in, in instructing and being a teacher is one thing, but just take it back to the firefighter in-house. I think too often guys do something once or twice. So they watch a YouTube video or they go out on the fire ground and within their first couple of years, they force one or two doors. They cut one or two roofs. They stretch three, four, five, six times on a, on a structural fire. And now they believe that they have the ability to teach and train, or they have the ability that next time that job needs to be done, that they're like, I got this, man. I've done it before. Whereas repetition and years of experience matter. We're, we're taking, I, I don't think we're valuing that part of the job anymore. I don't think we're valuing patience and mentoring and understanding that this job is a long play. It's not an immediate grab, right? You can't hone your craft. Nobody can be a master at a craft, regardless of what it is, without time and experience. Yeah, 100%. That, and I think that, you know, like we, I, they talk about like norm, normalization of deviance and stuff like that, but you get that person who's, got a couple of years, then they've done a couple of stretches. They've gone to the roof once or twice and then they practice 
in a parking lot where there's no obstructions and all of these incidents have gone correct for them because probably in the grand scheme, they were not the fire of the, you know, that, that once in a lifetime or once in a career fire, it was a pretty bread and butter operation. So that, that builds that false confidence up even more. And like you said, it's, it's, this is a lifelong study that, you yeah. know, consumes you every day if you're there or you're not. So here, so here's a concern of mine, Rob, is like when, when we got guys that are willing to do that. Now, this doesn't mean, listen, there are going to be guys that are two, three years in a department that have stretched hundreds of times that have been to and, and can have can have the ability to not be that to have that imposter syndrome early on because their career affords them those opportunities. Right. There could also be departments that have 25 year guys that really have never done it in 25 years too. So this isn't a young guy versus old guy thing. This is just in general, right? We guys can, guys can have longevity on the job and hide and never be a master of their craft. Right. They could, what is it? 20 years. Are you a 20 year fireman or you're a 21st year fireman? Right? Like that conversation. What can, concerns me though too about this topic is a lot of times what I think happens is is when they start to believe it themselves they fool themselves that they are better than they are that they can handle what's thrown at them because they they have given themselves that false belief that they're better than they are what happens then is these guys truthfully what will will won't back down to a challenge and they'll double down they typically double down on the falsehood instead of accepting fact and accepting reality that they're not as good as they portray themselves to be, or they're not as experienced as they portray themselves to be. And that's where we really get in trouble because you right. can, you can build up your own fucking ego and you can feel good about yourself and think you're saltier and better than, you know, the next guy. That's fine. I don't care. But when it comes to game time, you got to then follow your game. Like you got to, you got to put up. And if you don't put up, those guys are the ones that, that find excuses, point the finger back down from a task and say that they couldn't get it done because of some other reason. And that's where I think we really get in trouble. Right. I was just going to say that, you know, the flip side of what you were leading off with is that they get to the moment of truth and they hesitate and, you know, then they get stuck in that freeze where they don't, they don't do anything and now they're part of the problem they're not part of the solution and it's i mean i <laughs> unfortunately i think we've all seen it a couple different times what's, in our careers what's pushing it rob it. why does somebody feel that they need to be bigger and better than they are i'm truly like i know it's an ego thing but like some of these people don't have like they don't have inflated egos but why is it that they feel that on a on this job they need to be bigger and better than they are. Why can't we take our time? Why can't we allow ourselves to learn? And if you're in a slower district, because just, just to make up your department, it might take you a little bit longer than the next guy if he's in a busier house, right? That's just fact. Not everybody's created equal in this job. And you, like I said, it could be the guy with 20 years and a guy with two years that could have the same amount of experience, so why are we, why do we have this f- sense of falsehood that we need to pretend that we're bigger and better than we are? I wonder if one, we're not setting the expectations correctly, you know, as like, you know, like me as a, as an officer or a senior firefighter, if I'm not putting the expectations out there to, you know, newer, newer folks coming in or just, to, just, just, 
firefighters coming into the job period, because I think there's a, you know, that is definitely lacking across the board is, hey, like this is going to take you this long. You know, there's a probationary period for a reason, especially on the career side, you know, ours, ours is a year from day to hire. So you get three months at the academy and, and then the rest of it is all in the firehouse learning that craft. But I also think that sometimes we rush people through on the management side for the wrong reasons. That's a really good point. And one of the big issues that always comes out is, you know, communication is a two-way street and sometimes nobody's driving the street to begin with. So, you know, we're, we're not, we're not communicating and we're not getting communication back from our, our people. So I, I wonder too, right. From a managerial position, right. We, we expect more out of our people and it takes time and energy and uh, time, energy, and a belief in your people that you have to work for them, right? It's that, it's that mentality that you you work for the firefighter if you're a boss, right? Not the other way around. Your people don't work for you. You work for them, which, which requires a tremendous amount of effort and work on your part. And I wonder if lazy managers and lazy bosses that don't want to invest the time encourage that type of existence with this imposter syndrome because what they're doing is they're boosting up their backstep firefighter to believe that he has to know more than he does because he's not being trained otherwise. And so I wonder if we're setting up that failure or setting up that level that he has to pretend that he's bigger and better than he is because his boss doesn't want to help him and he's got no infrastructure there to tell him otherwise. Right, and that's been the story with National Fire Radio from the beginning. Is that's I think very early on. Are we setting we people up from, for failure? Is that what you're saying? No, we're not us, but like we we heard from so <laughs> many. You know, we we heard from so many people in the in the very beginning who experienced that problem of not being set up for success, and but like they were the motivated ones who were seeking out the options to succeed. So it wasn't you know that's they weren't just doing nothing about it and being like, oh man, woe is me. No, I get it. I totally get it. That that is that is totally a a thing that happens. I know even at some points in my career, I've had to fight those battles because we were worried about a budget line more than we were worried about you know in the bottom line versus the uh, you know the the human line at the end at the end of the day of making sure somebody was ready. Or we had our priorities completely backwards, and we focused on things that were you know, teachable along the way. But like, once we got to that point, it was boom. All right, fine. They're good now. Cause they can, you know, the, 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 the robot can operate in this, in this robotic environment. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you, let me throw out a word and then I'll tell you where I'm going with it. Humility. I think, I, I wonder what people do with humility, meaning Everybody gets slice. Everybody gets a slice of humble pie in their career, if not more than right. once, right? Twice, three, four, ten times, right? Where you think you are good enough, big enough, better enough, better to be able to do it, and then all of a sudden something gets dealt your way, and man, do you have to take a step back? And you go, holy shit, like, didn't play out the way it was supposed to. I wasn't able to perform the way I was supposed to. Something, a variable got thrown at you and you couldn't counter, right? Like, all these things. So there's there's this level of humility that happens in this job. And I don't care if you're the six-month guy or the 25-year guy. 
It's going to happen to you. If you're a fireman on the, as- on the asphalt going to work, you're going to get dealt a slice of humble pie. There's no doubt it's going to happen. My question is, is how important is it with what we do with that? As far as like the reaction to it once. Yeah. Once what do you, humility. what do you do with that? Do you, now you could, you could bury it and you can, you can look at yourself in the mirror the following day and say like, that was close or that shouldn't have happened, but Hey man, nobody saw it. So I'm okay. Like nobody, nobody picked up on it or, 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 Hey man, I, it wasn't my fault. Like I, you know, it, this happened, this variable got thrown at me and I wasn't able to perform the way I should have, but that's okay because like, you know, it wasn't my fault. It, it, it was because of this, this, and this, right? Excuses, right? Not taking the ownership of it. Or the other aspect of it, which I think plays into all of this, is that you own it. You own it and you take that step back and realize that you made an error or you made a bad decision or what you thought the play was going to be didn't work out to your favor and favor the fire ground or somebody got jammed up, somebody got hurt, somebody, whatever the situation is, right? This shit happens daily. I think it's what do you do with it? We all make mistakes on the fire ground. You and I have talked about that before, Rob. We make mistakes in life every single day. It's what you do with it, the humility of it. And I think that plays right into this imposter syndrome because people that front and people that, you know, put out this false bravado and belief that they're bigger and better than they are, they'll never learn from their humility. They'll never learn from their mistakes. Right. And it's really a caution and all that, too, is that, you know, if if you're not open to the mistakes, if you're not open to the humility, you, one, you're not going to learn. And then you're going to be spitting out excuses. And, you know, the, the effective range of an excuse is zero meters. It doesn't go anywhere. It just gives you the opportunity to cop out and continue to be a shitbag. So I, I, I think the, we, we need good leaders because good leaders will admit their mistake and they'll have that humility to say, okay, like this is, this is what we're going to do about it. You know, um, I, I think of when we went to Texas and Shannon Stone was talking about a call that didn't go right for them when I think he was in Escambia at the time, or he was in Midway. I, I always get him and the other uh, stone confused, but um, at three in the morning, they wanted to make themselves better. So that just didn't happen. So they were, they were practicing getting like a cheese buggy or something like that cribbed up. If I remember the story correctly. And that's the action that, that we need to see, especially when there's, you know, because that, that fireground humility, it, it's going to, it's going to come knocking. <laughs> uh, no doubt. Point, no doubt. It's going to be there. And, and, and if it hasn't happened already, it will. And it's, and it's right. staring down on you. I've been watching. It's funny with Halloween, all these horror movies that are on right now, TV and stuff. And Terry hates horror movies and thrillers like that, but I love them. Right. So like, I'll stop on like Halloween for like five minutes and she'll like start reading a book or something and she hates it. And then like, I'll wait till like a scary part and then I'll click off of it. Right. Just kind of like messing with her a little bit. Right. But what, where I'm going with this is final destinations been on. And I, I don't know oh, if you yeah. know final destination. There's like five oh, or six of them. It freaks me out. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like the order of death. Like you were supposed to die. You cheated death. Now death is trying to find you. Right. Well, yep. it's kind of the same thing on a fire ground with, with mistakes and, and things. It's going to happen. 
and there's an order to things and at some point it's going to catch up to you you can you can dodge it you can you can make excuses you can lack ownership of of mistakes and if if it's done uh, when you're working individually and nobody's watching you know it's what you do with that right it's like character character is what what you do when nobody's watching right it's the same right. type of thing i also think that with all of that you miss out on so much you miss out on opportunities. You miss out on uh, bettering yourself through experience and relationships when you tend to be bigger and better than you are. And I'll tell you where I'm going with this, right? Like for me, Rob, when we go to these things, and I know you are very similar to this because we talk about it all the time, but our friend group, our, our brotherhood and sisterhood that we've created over the years has been incredible, and it's afforded us incredible opportunities to sit down with just unbelievable rock stars in this industry that we now call friends and we chat with, talk to text, call. We sound, you know, they're like our sounding board. These are people that like people look up to in this industry and we call them friends. I could not for a second, hold a torch to any of these guys. Their careers are incredible, right? Where they've worked, what they've done, the fire duty they've done, the, the rescues made the, you name it, right? It's just, it's, it's an, it's really just an incredible group of people and there's no way in hell I could ever hold a torch to that. So you have to allow yourself to be humble and you have to be able to understand. And if you want to learn from anything and learn from people like that, you have to know that there's not an equality there. You're equal as a person and a love for the fire service, but absorb what they have to tell you believe that their experiences matter, right? And their, their careers matter. And they did not allow themselves to get caught up in the bravado of thinking they know more than they did. When you want to have a good, solid career, it takes time. Yeah. I, I think of a lot of the people that we've met along the way. And I always think of like this dream team of instructors that like Steve Sangaroche from Affordable Joe Towers has put together for some of the training events and how they don't, like what I've liked about seeing them instruct is that they are completely, uh, you know, humility driven in their instruction and they are sharing experiences. They are not putting their organizations or their ego in front of who they are. And it's exactly that. And, and when you get that from an instructor as a student, you learn so much better, but that's an experience. And if you are putting up those, you know, fake walls, so to speak, you're not going to get that you're not going to get any of those opportunities because it, like you hit the nail on the head. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from in that. It's just that you're going to miss out on those opportunities. And that's a, yeah, and, those, that's a and those are the opportunities that make you better build your character, build your pedigree allows you to be humble enough to listen and learn from those that have come before you. That's what's important in this job. Right. Yeah. And, and you can always, like, you know, this imposter syndrome that's going on in the fire service. One of the cool things, and it's the only cool thing about it, is at any point in time you can get off that ride. You can you can all of a sudden say, hey, I don't I don't I don't know, <laughs> but I want to. And I haven't seen, you know, in, in my experience, I have, I have not seen somebody who has just all of a sudden been like, you know what, I don't know how to do this, and I need like. And when people like look at them, like, yeah, I, I don't know. 
and then they're like, all right, well, here, let me show you, you know, you know, I, like, you know what I love, you know what I love, Rob, I love 28 years in the fire service and something comes up and I go, can you explain that again? Can you show yeah. me that again? Can you, can you tell me about that again? Because I've never done that. I've never experienced that. I've never done it this way. I've never heard about that. And when you do that as like a more senior guy in your company, in your firehouse, whether career or volunteer, when you do that, you set the tone to believe that it's okay to ask that question. And frankly, anybody worth their weight will tell you it again. They'll explain it again. They'll show you again because they believe in what they're teaching. Anybody, when you ask what or why, and nobody can, and nobody wants to entertain you or the person that stated it doesn't want to give you the backup to what or why, I throw I throw the flag right away and I go, there's something here. This is this is inflation. This is this is somebody that's impostering because they don't know for a fact. They haven't lived this or experienced it. People that have done it will take the time to explain. People that have done it will take the time to invest into the people asking what and why so that they better understand it. And people that wanna teach and and, and discuss topics and then they can't back it up. When you challenge them, and I don't mean challenge in a bad way. There's a right and a wrong way to challenge. But when you challenge, meaning, hey, I don't understand this. Could you explain this or can you break this down differently for me? And when people struggle with that, man, that bullshit flag goes off for me in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a, <laughs> it's just a big, that's a big issue. It is. And, <laughs> and I think that's a whole us. nother, I think that's a whole nother episode that we can hop on because it's, it's, it's so prevalent. And that's where, like, this imposter syndrome, it's not just for new incoming firefighters pretending to be bigger and better than they are. It's also the guy that went from the backstep firefighter to the officer overnight through a promotion, given no training or abilities to learn how to be a boss and gets thrown in the front seat the next day. Twelve hours later, they're riding the next shift in the front seat. Or in a volunteer house, they get elected in, and January 1st, they're now riding in the front seat as a company officer. They get no training. They get no understanding of the job. They get no tutelage, typically, because any departments that throw their guys into the position just like that, they're they're not investing in their people. And so that just explains it from the top down, right? So, like, we need to do a better job at all that. So imposter syndrome can land from the chief of department on down. It could be in any position. Yeah, and... And any great of experience because like, I just, you know, I, I think to, I think that first year of being promoted and I was confident, but I was scared of my first like big fire and having that first incident under my belt. And I had gone to a bunch of mutual aid fires. We got going to work, but it was, you know, I didn't have that initial size up and I really got my nuts kicked in on the first, on my first one because it was a junkyard fire but it came in as a car fire, you know? So it was like, all right. And we were, we were returning for another alarm and the guy in the back had, you know, our friend Joe said, there's a lot of smoke. And I could hear him like, you know, it just sounded like assholes and elbows in the back. And I said, Joe, it's a car on fire. There's going to be smoke. And when we turned on the Fulton street, there was this gigantic column and it quickly became very apparent to me that this was not just one car on fire. Like this was something, and it was a whole junkyard, right. some decent yeah. tank and batteries and everything else. But you know, I went right into into work mode, and I, you know, I, much like a lot of first times, it was over fast. It seemed like it was over faster than it, than it started. <laughs> and uh, you know, at the end of the day, fire went out really quickly. There were no injuries, and uh, you know, we were on to the next one. But 
you know, like I said, it, 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 there's nothing that quite prepared me for that. But at yeah. the same time, I know I constantly had that in my mind. So I wasn't overconfident. And right. I was the, you know, looking at whether it was YouTube and looking at size ups and just practicing but you, that. But you had the humility to, to know that. And, and you didn't take it on head on and believe that you had all the answers and so on. And that's, what's important. And what you, what you take away from that day are the lessons learned or the things you did, right. The things that you could do better. And that's where the humility comes in line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So Rob, let's, let's then, what can we do? What kind of advice can we give to those that maybe are listening to this and they're like, shit, man, I've, I've puffed up a little bit. I've peacocked on the job a little bit. Maybe I shouldn't, or maybe I'm missing out on some opportunities because, you know, I'm just not willing to let my guard down a little bit. What can you, you got a piece of advice to offer? Yeah. I mean, don't skip the process. Like the process is, is there. And, you know, I, I think I said it to you before, you know, you have somebody who wants to skip, you know, from step one to step seven, but that's, you know, maybe seven years of experience that you're going to miss out on, especially if you're fanning the flames of this, I don't want to say false ego, but whatever it might, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, so like, don't skip the process, embrace it because there's so much to learn out of it. And you can, you know, you, you can always, 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 always learn something along the way there. Cause it, like, you, you know, to me, Think about it like when somebody tells a lie and they got to tell another lie and they get pretty soon they're just caught up in this web of lies. It's the same thing for the imposter syndrome. You've got to keep this going. Yeah. And it's going to use up so much energy that it's just not, you know, you're going to be exhausted from that one. You should be exhausted from learning and embracing the uh, awesome things the job has to offer. I love it, man. I love it. Don't skip the process. Thank you, brother. No problem. Great topic. Thanks for diving in with me today, Rob. I love you, pal. Thanks for uh, doing this with me. And, uh, man, we're just scratching the surface with this stuff. So looking forward to the next one. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Rob, any last words? No, I just uh, I, I want to give a quick shout-out to Jesse Penalty. Uh, I got his book, Rescue Me, Strategies and Tactics for Employment Fires. Phenomenal. Like, just for, uh, you know, we talk about this whole imposter syndrome stuff today. I never got proper HR training. And at work because, you know, my boss at the time didn't want to send us to flip school in New York City. And the uh, way Jesse breaks this stuff down has been fantastic. Like I'm learning so much about how to deal with issues and communicate in the workplace that it's a, it's a great read if people get, get the chance to check it out. Nice, so. Rob. One more time, nice and clear. What's the title and the author? And then what we'll do is we'll post a link in the uh, narrative for the podcast. What, uh, who, whose book and, and what was it? It's uh, Jesse Canalti. Um, he does red, uh, <clears throat> red helmet training and, uh, the title of the book is rescue me strategies and tactics for employee fires. Awesome. We'll get that link posted in the narrative on the podcast. So if you have any interest in checking that out, uh, shoot into one of the audio platform narratives and you'll see it listed in there. Thanks Rob for that. I appreciate it, pal. No problem, man. All right. Stay right where you are. Everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Like share, follow, the National Fire Radio podcast. Talk about it at the kitchen table tonight and uh, bring up this topic and see what the con- see how the conversation goes. See who shies away from it and put your target on them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anyway, listen, what I've been saying lately is keep talking about the job because as we talk about the job, keep making the job better. So thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you at the next one. Rob, thanks for joining me today, buddy. And uh, no we'll check you all soon. Thanks for tuning in. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.